Hello and welcome to With Relish here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Aoife Allen. And I'm Harry Colley. We're a fortnightly food podcast looking at Ireland's culinary industry and identity with a focus on the individuals that make it up. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please make sure to hit subscribe and write us a review and even give us a follow on our Instagram, which is at With Relish Podcast. Uh, today, we're talking about pizza. Yeah, pizza is just, it's having a real moment in Dublin, I suppose. I, th- I feel like, it, yes, it is having a moment, yeah. but also... It's always having a moment. It's so enduring. It's like it's and it's just getting better. It is, you know, which is a really standards are really shooting up, and I think that pizza has just I don't know for me anyway. It's 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 a conversational piece again. Do you know? Yeah, exactly. Like I've said it already. On uh, I think about the kind of the pizza that we grew up with was not good quality pizza, but it's still the stuff that you get very excited about. And now I think Dublin is growing in terms of its quality of pizza that that we've got. So there's like Sano, which Mm. has opened up very recently, and that's the place which is doing Neapolitan style pizza. Then there's uh, Coke Lane are doing Coke those Lane pizzas the, out of the back of Lucky's on Mead Street. And also Delicious. from Frank Ryan's just off Smithfield Square. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's cool. That's them too. Yeah. Coke Lane. Divine. Um, and then who else have we got? Well, we've got the... Um, Dublin Pizza Company. Dublin Pizza Company, no. we have not mentioned. Okay. And um, Lovely Marrick's um, outfit as well, which is Village, Village Pizza, pizza Dublin. Dublin. So there's like this huge, like, there's a huge number of, of stuff popping up now. And it's just like, it's like, I think we're all taking notes. Pie as well is another one that's just opened mm. up on Georgia Street. And then we're failing to mention all the other stuff that's going on. There's great stuff in Cork and in Galway as well. There's mm. Dobros and then there's the one in Cork whose name I've forgotten, but it's like absolutely fantastic. But sure, they're great. But they're great. And that's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> and I kind of feel like I've been working with you in the kitchen for a couple of years and I feel like you're there's this passion for pizza flickering in you it's really interesting to watch like it feels like your focus is narrowing it happened ever since that. that episode of Ugly Delicious came out yeah uh, on Netflix and if anybody isn't watching it you're a fool yeah because it's it. so it's good really nice. it's a yeah. beautiful series on Netflix which is produced by David Chang and um, Peter Meehan you know David Chang is chief of the Mamafuku Empire which is a company that I've like looked up to for ages and when I was a young cook I always really wanted to work as opposed to the ancient him. cook that you are now <laughs> the ripe old age of what 28, 28. <laughs> ah no I full of wisdom <laughs> salty sea dog Harry. <laughs> Harry's doing his bashful laugh I would really go cute. away <laughs> moment well when I was a younger cook yeah uh, <laughs> he was like somebody who I just looked up to loads and I thought yeah. that he ran a really good business and like the Mamafuku book was fantastic also response for Lucky Peach which is like I thought at a time when he could have just like sold the company and, and gone on to do something else he went to paper media mm. and kept something going which was like beautifully beautiful art direction and really yeah. great stuff anyway so they made a series called um, Ugly Delicious and the first episode about it was pizza and I was just like oh my god this might be a bad thing yeah, yeah it just got me it just like got me and I was already looking at the pizza show with Frank Pinello on yeah. uh, Vice Media that's a Munchies thing and that's available on YouTube so anybody who's like also really into pizza should definitely check that out he Frank Pinello's this like super charming guy from Brooklyn and he just goes he, don't, he owns a place called Best Pizza in Williamsburg and he goes around to all the parts of the United States and then he also goes away as well and looks at regional the regionality of pizza mm. and he's just like this super enthusiastic pizzaiolo um, and, and it's amazing but so yeah my focus is like narrowed and I'm just looking at this thing where I just got really romantic with it because it is it's fermentation as dough and it's alive mm. and it's also working in like a wood fired oven which is alive and it's something that seems so ubiquitous and so simple and has been kind of dumbed down for people for a really long totally. time yeah. but there's just like now it's getting cranked back up and it's getting a little bit refined again and it's something that we all love yeah everyone gets really excited about it and now people are getting excited about the really good versions of it yeah it's something that like I have to say I'm not 
the biggest pizza eater. I'm not the biggest bread eater in the world. No. But there were a couple... Raw vegetables. Raw vegetables are what girl. I eat. Yeah, raw vegetables, <laughs> the, the solid coffee. bit of a cauliflower in the middle. Shut up, I eat other things. <laughs> That's the ballad. <laughs> or the leaves, or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not the biggest biggest of pizza eaters. It's not something I'd necessarily crave, but the Village Pizza Dublin guys. Yes. Which at the moment is kind of Marek and also you when you're helping out. Yeah. Um, and Dublin Pizza Company is delicious and also um, the Coke Lane guys, th- they're really special and they've kind of reignited a bit of an interest in pizza in me. Yeah. And also reignited just an interest in like what is pizza and how long has it been knocking around? It has been knocking around for so freaking long. Like yeah. it's essentially thousands of years old, you know. It is bread and cheese. It is bread and cheese. And not even necessarily And a sprinkling cheese, of like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a sprinkling maybe of whatever is to hand. So yes. it's like one of those original kind of peasant foods. I read something earlier about how in Naples, um, around the kind of the turn of the 17th century, actually, pizza became the street food for poor workers. So not mm. even peasant food in the way we often talk about, um, you know, early foods that have become very popular, mm. like a risotto or something, but because they were they were city folk, like they were city workers. So they weren't peasants in that in that sense. They yes. were kind of an urban working Got class. Got you, yeah, or an urban working class. class. Yeah. And the fact that they ate with their... So pizza was something you could fold and eat as you walked. Lots of people would have done that because they didn't have anybody to cook for them at home and they didn't have a room in which to eat and mm. their lodgings would have been horrific, um, really overcrowded and minging and they probably gen- generally would have lived in uh, one room. Yeah. But contemporary accounts describe these city workers as being horrifically disgusting for walking along gobbling their food down in okay. the street you know and I love the idea that 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 food that inspired you know repugnance or whatever like yeah. horror in, in wealthy people in that society has turned out to be the, the most enjoyable like, snack food yeah. in the world the right? most the most exported you know the most exported, exported yeah. idea you know, so like take that brilliant. Naples elites from the 17th century right in your yeah. face because because like, it's in our faces now. For everybody, yeah. <laughs> and so we've got great people on the show today to talk mm. to you about that. We're going to talk to Daniel Young, who's a sort of a pizza expert and a little bit of a pizza historian about just where is pizza from and what's it all about and why it's got this enduring sort of appeal yeah. um, and popularity. And then we're going to talk to Marek, whose name you like to pronounce Marek more Breakfast. than I do. Breakfast. 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 Which he explained to me means overcommented kvass. Yeah, but it sounds like breakfast. It does a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get on with the show. All right, yeah, let's go talk to them. Mm. With the number of pizza restaurants on the rise in Dublin, it can be difficult sorting the good from the bad. To speak about his book, Where to Eat Pizza, we're joined on the line by Daniel Young. Um, Daniel, you're a bit of a pizza expert. Could you, I suppose, help us out by giving us a kind of brief history of where pizza came from? Because I know there are a few different stories and we'd love to kind of get the skinny on that. Right, so there are different stories and they're just like the World Cup of football or the World Cup of pizza and Greeks or Romans or Neapolitans Mm. or even Americans taking credit for inventing pizza. The truth is flatbread has existed for centuries and it's the Neapolitans who came up with the idea of putting a tomato, mozzarella and basil on a pizza and that became world famous uh, about the turn of the uh, 18th to 19th century. Okay, and from what I understand, in Naples, pizza was a sort of a snack food for kind of the poorest in society. Is that the case? That's absolutely true. It's a street food. Um, Up until the mid-19th century, there weren't really even pizzerias. There were workshops or laboratories, big bakeries, where they made uh, pizza, and then they would give this to peddlers who would sell it as a street food. They would hawk it on the streets of Naples. And uh, people would fold the pizza twice into kind of like a quarter fold, which is called a portafolio, a wallet 
Ah, pizza. Mm. And that's how pizza was eaten. Because I've heard that description because like I absolutely love pizza like many, many, many people all over the world. Uh, and I really get into all the different styles of pizza. I like the idea of like New York slices and I like kind of how that changes between Italy and different parts of Italy and you know, it gets super regional. I know that in Neapolitan it's like it's almost like a wet pizza that you're eating with a knife and fork. And I remember uh, seeing a thing a while ago or being described to as like, no, that you pick up the kind of wet nose of the pizza and you mm. fold it back in and they were like, like a portfolio. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. That's so cool. Yeah. So, um, Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about your where your own love for pizza stemmed from? Where did that Where did that story begin? Well, I grew up in New York, which you can probably tell from my accent. Sure. And in New York, uh, pizza is our first solid food. We go from the breast to pizza. So it's, uh, <laughs> I'm hardly unique that way. We love pizza. That's we didn't know it was Neapolitan when we were growing up. We 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 bought it from Italian immigrants or their their children, first and second generation. But uh, that was the local food to us. And it's kind of a shock, actually, to grow up on New York pizza, which is very crisp and the crust is sort of dryish, to try Neapolitan, which is a bit wet. And at first time you taste it, and I'm sure this is happening in Ireland and in Dublin now that you have the first true Neapolitan pizzeria is opening, it's it's kind of a shock. Something went wrong when uh, Naples sent pizza and pasta to the world. The world ate the pasta too soft and the pizza al dente too hard. Okay. in the translation, we got it backwards. And now we're, we're kind of flipping it and finding the joy of, well, al dente pasta we've discovered yeah. for decades. But, but uh, soft, moist, foldable pizza is kind of new to a lot of people, not just uh, outside Italy, but outside Naples. The pizza in the north of Italy is much crisper, but traditionally much crisper. And it's like that in Rome than it is in Naples. And would that be your ideal pizza now, the Neapolitan? Would you hold that as the gold standard? Well, that's a tough question. And, and no, I wouldn't. So I'm, I'm sorry, I have a, a kind of a technical explanation. I think there are two notions of authenticity. It's one is the food that you grew up with, what you knew uh, as a kid. And that feels authentic. It feels proper. If that's the way your mom made it or that's where you had it at the first restaurant, that's the way you like it. So that's authentic. Then there's uh, authenticity that's true to the origins of the pizza. So that would be Neapolitan. So for me, the first notion of authenticity is New York-style pizza. So that will always have a close place in my heart. But in terms of sort of a global authenticity about being true to its origin, uh, it's Neapolitan. Uh, As you can tell, I'm very conflicted. Yeah. <laughs> the advantage, though, that uh, Naples is not my home team, and now I don't even live in New York. I live in London, so I can uh, enjoy any style. You can comment from afar. The important you can thing love is it all. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're in that we're in that situation in Ireland as you know we don't have a particularly strong indigenous food culture, which means that we are open to many, many other kinds. I know that if you were go to go to Naples or Campania, you would find that the food was all super regional and there's no way you're going to get risotto down there. But you will get pizza and you will get caprese and you will get like a whole variety of very local indigenous things, which means that people are super proud. But I think we don't have such an allegiance to one particular no, style of pizza. We can we can get down or, with whatever comes our way because totally. it's a bit of a blank slate in some ways in but Ireland. Like, we would have grown up on like crappy suburban Four Star or Domino's. Yeah. You know, I don't know how, how else to describe this. I, even, I mentioned before we started recording that I still have a little bit of love for pineapple on a pizza because when I was a little kid, a huge treat for us was to be taken out to a place in Hoth in North County, Dublin called the Pizza Place. And it was such a treat. Mm-hmm. We were allowed to, you know, draw on the tablecloth with crayons and we would get like 
an occasional, you know, like a soda pop kind of thing, which was really rare in my household. And uh, we would get a pizza with ham and pineapple on top. And I thought it was the bomb. So yeah. I actually still have that really lovely affection for it. And I'll eat those combinations together just because it's a it's a lovely nostalgic kind of taste. But you must know that it's not right. Well, I want to <laughs> turn this over to Daniel, to be honest. Like, Daniel, do you think it's a total travesty to put a little bit of uh, ham and pineapple on top of a pizza? My own feel, I didn't grow up on pineapple pizza. I, I feel mm. it's a travesty if you're taking rings of pineapple uh. out of the tin. But if I could be a snob, if you were doing a nice carpaccio of roasted pineapple, beautifully mm. done, fresh pineapple, I'm sure it could be done well. Yeah. But your earlier point is absolutely right. Uh, this is true also in Australia and Ireland. Uh, countries, unlike Brazil, which has a pizza tradition, or Buenos Aires, or even New York, people are kind of stuck in the in the hometown chauvinist. Um, you don't have that problem, and that's mm. why you're kind of open-minded. And uh, the the young people doing pizza out of a truck or or out of a basement or, or garage or whatever, they can really have the freedom to to do what they want. And uh, New York is kind of busted out of that, which is good. I mean, in I would say in the 80s, 90s, people were too loyal to New York-style pizza. Yeah. Uh, and now they're very open-minded. So I think even in in the, the last bastion of closed-mindedness is Naples. Mm. Uh-huh. And I- that's kind of a good thing, actually, because if you go to Naples, you want Naples to say Naples. You, you, know, you know how we travel around now and you go to these kind of boutique hotels and they have the same menus and cocktails and you see the same people and everyone's being... You, you kind of lose that... Uh, that flavor, that ethnic uh, local flavor. So yeah. I don't want Naples to do uh, a pineapple pizza. And I don't yeah. mind if Naples prosecutes people for trying to put pineapple <laughs> on the pizza. I, was, I, was just, I wonder, was it, was it the uh, Americans who really kind of promoted pizza, though? And when I say the Americans, I suppose I'm talking about those Italian immigrants who went to uh, eastern United States. And you've got places like, like New Haven and you've got Boston and you've got New York and you've got Philadelphia. And then you've got also a scene in Chicago of all of these very independent pizza scenes. And I wonder if it was the the, the Italians who were really, really promoting that at a worldwide level or was it the Italians in America doing that? This is a really complicated question. I mean, it's, it's happened also... In different areas of U.S., pizza developed in a different way, and this happened in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and Buenos Aires already. So uh, immigrants, um, they they did the best with what they could get. So if they couldn't get good mozzarella, they used another American uh, cheese. And uh, they couldn't get the same uh, tomatoes, or if they could get bread flour rather than pizza flour, they adapted But what also happened is there were Italians or Italian-Americans who had no experience at all in cooking or baking or pizza making, whatever, but they just, uh, you know, a few had the resourcefulness to say, oh, I can make a buck uh, making pizza and I'll do it this way or I'll make it out of a pan because it's easier than, it's, it's just think about spreading dough in a pan is easier than flipping mm-hmm. it in the air from hand to hand. So I think there with Chicago pizza and Detroit pizza, which are great styles, they were very resourceful um, Italian or Italian-Americans who really had no major background in baking. Whereas in New York and New Haven, what you mentioned, that was started in the early 20th century by people who were um, bakers or were in the food business and, and added uh, to pizza to their, their delicatessen offerings. The one thing about trends, you know, we think of like thousands of Neapolitan Americans or immigrants coming up with the idea of pizza, but actually trends can be made by two or three people who just mm-hmm. 
through luck or intuition or a great drive or whatever, they create a trend. So, you know, Matisse was the great French painter of the 20th century, but it wasn't like he was part of a wave of 300 outstanding uh, French painters. Yeah. He was one of a select few. And so it's the same thing with the people, the person who started Domino's or, or who invented Chicago deep dish pizza, whatever. It was just the select people who were in the right place at the right time yeah. or had tremendous drive, talent or luck. And some luck. Daniel, just before we wrap up, can I ask you, why do you think pizza endures so much? Why has it become kind of such a favourite snack food in the West in particular? What's the enduring appeal of pizza? If you can well, handle that. Again, getting back to, we love uh, cheese sandwiches, okay? Mm. Or, or, you know, in Britain sure we call do. them toasties. So mm. melted cheese on bread is a magic thing. Yeah. And then there was this um, fantastic uh, combination of, of tomatoes and and, cheese, and really oozy, melty cheese. And then uh, finally, the, the fact you could put anything on top of it. So you, you, on top of it. So you had this kind of uh, burger excess craze, yeah. which made it a customizable food. Um, and then there's something about it that kids, evol- you know, kids love it and very old people love it. So it's universal, yeah. but it's, it's just a magic thing. What's your feeling on that? I think you're right about the toppings thing, actually. Like, obviously, it's an excellent flavor combination. Like, yeah. we love starch, we love fat, we love salt, yum. But also then there's the, like, you get to express yourself a little bit. Yeah. You know, you go out with your friends and everybody gets a pizza, but you've got, everybody's got a different topping or you can kind of mix and match. That's a big part of the appeal for me. It's, and it's been a part of our lives forever. And we're, mm. and like, even in Ireland, the very limited culinary world that we lived in uh, during the 1980s and 90s, uh, like, there was nothing else out there, but there was pizza. There was and always pizza. Even still, even though that's always been around, we still get excited about pizza. And if yeah. somebody's like, do you want to order a pizza? It's like, yes, of course I do. Do you know, like, yeah. That's your immediate you response to that. It's just it's 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 something that still stirs up like excitement in you, and I think it's it's um, yeah. It, I, I agree, it's magical. Like there's something super special about it. Um, Harry's working on a pizza was working on a pizza pop up, a really excellent pizza pop up over the weekend, and my boyfriend and I mm-hmm. went, and we were in the queue for like it was busy, so we were yeah. in the queue for a long time, like maybe thirty minutes, and we were freaking out over which toppings to get like we were like two kids yeah. the whole way up and I mean only made the decision when the guy started writing our order and even at that we were kind of panicking and we were like the margarita. shit I want the fennel salami but I want it on the stuff that has the chorizo toppings ah, yeah. but it was just so much fun like the, yeah. the anticipation of it there are very few foods and I eat out all the time I mm. love food I'm a chef there are very few foods that I get that excited about when I think about how we <laughs> behaved in that queue it's actually really nice it's like queuing up for ice cream where you feel like the sky's the limit in yeah. terms of the combinations you can have True. really nice Daniel thank you so much for joining us on the line today there was such an interesting kind of background to pizza as well as you know a discussion about what we like and what we don't like on them um, and I think just it's such a ubiquitous food stuff and it's so popular that it's actually really nice to take a step back from and go where did it come from and why do we like it so yeah. much so we want to thank you very much for helping us answer those questions it was my pleasure thanks have Daniel thanks very much all the best So joining us on With Relish, we've got Marek Plekva. Yes! <laughs> Sorry, that in. Knew it was going to happen. Marek Plekvas. Thank you very much nice for coming you. on. <laughs> <laughs> joining us today on With Relish, we've got Marek Plekvas. I'm going to fucking... Oh, okay, so this, is how it, okay. so this is how it happens. Okay, yeah. so... It's a, kind of it's a really handy language. It's Polish. Plekvas. Marek Plekvas. 
Thanks very much for coming on, Marek. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. So, Marek, you used to work in the Fumbly Cafe. Uh, that's how you know myself and Eva. And since then, you have spread your wings and you've gone off to do really exciting and incredible things with pizza. Um, and I suppose we want to bring you onto the show uh, to hear a little bit about your experience of doing that. Um, I know that you went off to Double Pizza Company yes. when you left us. And I wonder if you could tell us a bit about that and how, how that formed your relationship with pizza and etc. Well, thanks for having me, first mm-hmm. of all. So Double Pizza Company actually wasn't existent yet. The way it happened was that I uh, had built um, a little pizza oven after leaving Fumbly in Rachel's, uh, my girlfriend's back garden. Um, and her friend wanted to open a pizza shop. And he had premises at the time and everything, but he didn't have a chef. So he came, he came and tried to uh, cook some pizzas with me in that oven that I built, which was really basic. But we like, you know, uh, liked each other straight away and we thought like, okay, this could work. You know, yeah. he asked me to work with him. Um, but we both, you know, knew what we liked. Uh, we knew we both liked Neapolitan style pizza but we didn't know how to cook it, you know, how to, how to do it. And we knew f- at, at this point that the oven wasn't, you know, going to cut it. Yeah. It just wasn't made for that kind of pizza. So that was the kind of goal, but we still kind of, you know, played with, with toppings and the whole fire thing. Uh, for a couple of days, we had some friends over and we were doing some tasting. Then went to Galway to eat in Dobro's. Went to Polis and a couple of places in Dublin. Um... There were way, there was way less Napolitan pizza places in Dublin then, uh, I think only two possibly, and then bit by bit, like you know, we he ordered the oven uh, from Italy. Uh, it arrived after a while. We were kind of working on the shop. Uh, we built and this a, is like a big dome style Neapolitan. Yes, one. yes, okay. proper Napolitan um, pizza oven, kind of one meter and fifty in diameter, um, built to like all kind of traditional specifications. Okay. Um, and uh, wow, it's really hot here. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real pizza. Well, I got real uh, yeah, shimmery yeah. foreheads. Ooh, gorgeous. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically we had kind of like you know there was a lot of building going on in the shop and things were being postponed. So we decided to to kind of add growing some ingredients by ourselves to the project. So we had built a little polytunnel at the back of my house and started growing basil, and that was like really exciting as well. But then at some point we were like, okay, we're getting we're getting closer. Uh, you know, our pizza is becoming better, but we it's not quite there yet. And we also kind of realized that okay, we we had tried all these Neapolitan pizzas in Ireland, but like how Neapolitan they really are, we mm-hmm. don't know. So we decided to go to Naples. Oh, darling, yeah, 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 we have to go to Naples. Yeah. Find out. We have to go. That's hard work. There's Let's only do one it. way of doing this. <laughs> so this was uh, the most exciting part of the the, the project, I think. So we went there for a couple of days. We couldn't quite get anybody to train us there. Or maybe we weren't willing to pay the money. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We kind of thought like, okay, we can do it ourselves. We just need to go and eat a lot of pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we did. We went there for like four or five days. Um, you know, ate pizza for breakfast, lunch and dinner pretty much. <laughs> Met a lot of people there. Tried to make as many contacts as possible. Uh, spoke to a good few pizza yellows. Tried to like bring them to Dublin. Almost mm-hmm. worked. But really? not quite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few of them were interested, but then kind of didn't happen. Um, 
And you told me like that you were sitting as close as you could to the kitchen and basically just trying to nick ideas. Yes. So we would be like in the restaurant, uh, in every restaurant we went to, we would kind of try to arrive as early as possible, book the table and then kind of try to book the right table beside yeah. the oven yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like stare yeah. uh, the crap <laughs> out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were creeping What you looking out. at your hand? Yeah. Like, those people, like those people who come into the family and then take pictures of all the, the like fixtures and stuff. And yeah, like, yeah, You're yeah. not a tourist. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Research. Yeah. I just Research. really like the way you've configured your ovens. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's what we did pretty much. Cool, and it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, and so, what? What? Like, describe to us now the pizzas that you're having over there. Like, what? What made them so unique and special? Um, so essentially, what made Neapolitan pizza um, sort of different? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of elements to it. They are very particular about it. They have like 11 page. Um, well, first of all, they have like kind of, let's call it a movement. They have like a body there that mm. kind of is established to protect the authenticity of okay. yeah. Neapolitan pizza. In the it's same way that they have, would have it for varieties of cheese and wine and that kind of yeah. stuff. Possibly, yeah. yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so there's like, you know, 11-page manual that they have. And if you want to, uh, you know, make Neapolitan pizza, you have to adhere to like million rules, you mm-hmm. know, and that kind of goes through like f- type of flour that you use, type of oven that you use, type of produce that you use, the way you handle dough, the way you make it. You know, the command of hours, you prove it, you know, well, like pretty much every single okay. thing. Is to there a point anything loopy in there? Anything kind of crazy in there that you can Well, use? like not not really. They, uh, it makes sense. They say that you might use, you know, you might use fresh tomatoes if they're from around Vesovio volcano, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like... You, Weekly Ryanair flight yeah. to harvest tomatoes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. from around Just Vesuvius. from the base of Vesuvius. Only from the yeah. base of Vesuvius. <laughs> it's so pretty much what they kind of say there, okay, you know. It has to be from nice. the region because, the, the, you know, the... The soil is so fertile thanks to yeah. the lava and okay. all this kind of sure. stuff, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's like, it's amazing that because pro- this, this this thing, Napoli pizza is an amazing thing, as mm-hmm. you kind of realize now mm-hmm. working recently. Yeah. You know, that's like every step of making it is just so special. Um, so it's great that they have that body there. But at the same time, it's pretty, pretty limiting, you know, because mm-hmm. like also, you know, for them, like, Pizza exists everywhere now, and like yeah. you know, as long as there's some tomato and basil and cheese on bread, like you can call it pizza, and that's mm-hmm. okay yeah. too, I think, you know. Yeah. And you know, once it's baked in the oven and all this, but yeah, Neapolitan pizza is always wood fired, which is amazing, and to me, it's the only way to to make pizza. Um, what about yeah. an old coal fire? I mean, like that's the New York thing that I just really get mad about. It's like a coal fired oven in Grimaldi's. No they've got these ridiculously hot coal ovens that they use um, and they're making a New York style pizza it's not Neapolitan it's a very different kind of slice but it was the I remember it was the first pizza that I ate I was 21 I was on my J1 yeah. doing um, doing New York I don't know what I was doing I was just doing New York doing New York poor New York and it was like my first kind of pizza <laughs> experience that really sticks with me because I think that myself and Eva definitely would have grown up having suburban crap Four star freezer or yeah. or shitty yeah, takeaway pizza okay. or something like that or but delicious pizza place. This is the first time so that I ever mm. like ate a pizza and I was like, hang on a second, what is? Do you know, there's yeah. great variety and all the standards that can go with. And I suppose that was the time when my eyes became but, but, a bit open. But, but what's the coal? Coal? How does it work? It's a really hot oven that runs on coal. As opposed oh, to coal. Yeah, like, yeah. See, I understood coal. cold, and I was like, cold, cold, cold like how? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you put the pizza <laughs> no. in the freezer and then you eat it. Yeah. It's <laughs> really chewy. Because Luca recently told me about this like thing they do somewhere, maybe in bees, that they put like ice cube in the middle of the pizza and they yes, cook I've it. Yes, I've seen that before. What the heck is this? That is the key. So uh, they, that is a thing that they do. They put an ice cube in the middle of it. They don't do it in beast, um, but it's a thing that they do in order to like keep the dough in the middle raw. Raw. Okay. To stop okay. the whole thing because that's and the, that tastes yeah. nice. 
or something. This is the, this is the great thing about pizzas. Whatever you're having, do you know? Yeah. yeah. Meat yeah. lovers pizza. Yeah. You know, just like yeah. I'll have all no. the meats. You know, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Yeah. That's Chicken, it. Well, that, that wouldn't go. Pizza. That wouldn't yeah. go in Naples. <laughs> yeah. Definitely right. Yeah. Not. And so you know, you helped set up DPC, and then you moved off yourself, and you're now working on Village Pizza Dublin. Yes, Village Pizza Dublin. That's what we call, it. and it's only like four weeks old, essentially. Mm. Um, Congratulations, man! Yeah. Thanks, thanks. No, it's a really exciting project. It was like basically I did it, uh, pulled it off uh, on ten day notice, uh, and yeah, it was pretty exciting. So where is it? Tell us about the space. So the space at. is the a side garden, I would call it, of uh, Belfry Pub, the Belfry in Stony Barrow Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gate kind of opens up to the street, so you can see us from across the street, and okay. it's a great spot. Stony Barrow is just amazing these days. Um, it's becoming a real cool neighborhood. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so we're just there for the last four weeks, uh, really good weeks as well, because only yesterday there was a Stony Barrow Festival there, and then there's Pride next week, and so mm-hmm. it's like really, really busy from the beginning, and the weather is like really making it amazing yeah. for us, you know, because yeah. it's been so hot for it's, the last yeah, four weeks. Outdoor drinking and outdoor eating friendly weather, and... I can say this because I worked with you over the weekend and I've eaten the product that I can say that the pizza is really good. So it's, it's not so it's not good. just the look of all of these things that are going on. I mean, they help, but also the product is mm. ace. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. So tell us a bit, because you work with a mental oven, which is not like a Neapolitan style, because I know that yeah. you might be somewhat of a purist and talk about those great big domes insulated yeah, from yeah, the top yeah, down yeah. And, and having you know, 10 pieces at a time, but you're working on a small one. Very, very small oven, so we can do one to two pizzas at a time. We want to keep it, you know, as good quality as we can, so we cannot do one pizza at a time only, because the oven is a portable one, and it it goes up to 500 degrees, which, again, coming back to a thing we were talking about previously, is one of the prerequisites of, of cooking Neapolitan pizza. has to be like 485 Celsius. They go that hot with it? That hot, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, um... Because I accidentally set the oven to like 500 in the morning. And, and then, it got, and it almost and exploded. Then we just, yeah, yeah okay. it went on fire, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like burned the basin the for hours later fire. on. There was okay. like yeah, the yeah. base that it was on was like smoldering and smoking. It we were made just like delicious. pouring <laughs> water. Yeah, and like, yeah. Oh extra God. wood yeah. burning. Extra wood Shit. burning. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the palette underneath. <laughs> yeah, it was actually smoking. It was funny. Um, but the, the, the oven is, is crazy burning. because... It goes down, the temperature goes down really easily as well. So it's like, you know, you might cook a one pizza, it would be perfect Neapolitan style because the dough is made, you know, according to Neapolitan rules. Uh, but then, you know, your third pizza might be a little bit more rustic, you know. Yeah. 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 Oh, I was like, saying that to the guy's hair, like you'd put one in and you'd be like, I am a master. Yeah. You'd just be like, put it together, you pull it out and you're perfect. like, it was a perfect pizza. Yeah. And, then you do, and, the, and next, the next three are just And like, the next uh, thing you put in is just like this big like cheese biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but each oven has their, you know, like you have to kind of learn it. It takes a while like mm. to, to figure the oven out and especially if it's done. This basically this company that we got it from, um, they make it kind of accessible to people in their back gardens, you know, cooking okay. like really nice, close as possible, as clo- cl- uh, close as possible to Neapolitan style kind of pizza. Mm. You know? I think this concept of like having having food beside a pub that doesn't have a kitchen like mm-hmm. really, really yeah, works, you it's know? It's really and nice. Yeah, other yeah, people yeah. are doing it, you know, in Stony Barrow you have Vietnam that are doing it and then, you know, obviously there's... They, are they at the back of Mulligans? Back of Glimmerman. Glimmerman, Glimmer Glimmer right. yeah. And then close enough to us there is uh, Frank Ryan's mm. um, with Cochrane Pizza. They're yeah. doing amazing mm. things there uh, with their portable oven and they're also in Luckies now in Dublin 8. So like, yeah, it's happening, you know? And it yeah. really works. It's just like... 
Yeah, it's really and it's, it's that's it's a it's a really good concept that I think has been happening in lots of other places for a long time. Uh, yeah. Like I know in that same trip where I was off eating pizza and Grimaldi's, we were yeah. also eating like really good quality Mexican tacos in the back of in the back of a bar. Yeah, yeah. and they're just things that are served it's out brilliant. of like a stall. Everybody wins. Like it's yeah. good. Every, yeah, yeah exactly. everybody wins. Well, yeah. Like, I suppose. I actually want to speak to both of you about this a bit. Like, um, there is a total romance to the idea of doing your own pop up. It's like, oh my god, mm. that sounds amazing! And you just described actually putting the thing together in ten days, mm. which is exceptional. Bananas. Well done, thank you. Um, but can you tell me a little bit about like the more warts and all side of doing a pop up? Like the amount of work, both of you, because you've both done it, and Harry worked with Marek on his um, project this weekend. Thank you, Harry. Mm. Thank, thank you, Harry. You. Well that done. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> and I ate the delicious pizza, so I feel like I contributed something as well. So <laughs> and well done, Eva. And when when Eva <laughs> came in, no, and I gave you, you lovely compliments. You did, but also we said it's the best pizza you've ever had we, we threw away the pizza that was originally for you well we didn't yeah. throw it away we ate it ourselves but like oh, it wasn't yeah, up to the, the standard I know well, well no because Aoife came you in like, that went in the bin last night I said guys thanks so <laughs> no, but you were also really you were also watching us you were yeah. also watching I us and when you watch things just don't go away just watching like VIP in the corner just yeah. like looking yeah. in basically head but you know in the that was the first pizza we got it wrong I was staring at you because I overheard okay when we were walking down Donald said I've had three disastrous pizza experiences recently right this is going to be another one it's not going to work I said it is going to work and he said it's not and then we were waiting and I overheard you saying red of tomato sauce and I was like okay. uh, yeah. did he hear that and that's why he's watching see which jacket you're on yeah. so yeah, that's yeah. all cleared no, up and explained uh, okay. now tell me about the pain oh, yeah. of doing a pop up yeah as I well mean, as the romance that was my first really what I had only before I only had a little stall but no pop up is I guess a different thing you probably know more about it you know like I'm lucky enough because I'm there for six weeks and even though not every day it's still kind of this consistency yeah. to it you yes know? there is something there too um, and I live very close because like I live on Monroe Street so it's like literally 200 meters away from there so that kind of makes it better yeah but yeah no it's um, it's tough it's just so it's really tough, physical yeah. Uh, like how many hours a day did you guys both work for the last few days? Well, the last few days was kind of like it was the festival. Came, so I slept like four hours mm. a night, five, four to five, and just yeah. worked constantly yeah. aside from those hours. You know? And, and like I festivals like, are when people try to do pop-ups or food vans or whatever. So this is the reality of the thing. Yeah, right? you can You're make your money then, you know. And it's like, you know, yeah. yeah, it's great this way. But yeah, yeah. it's crazy It's, push, it's a work. push, but it's also, it's it's not sustainable. And that's fine because there's an end. Yeah. And I think that's what may, means. Like, this, I mean, when we spoke to Kuan Green, who works in Noma. Uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago and he talks about this is just his day every day yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. is but he's not putting a kitchen together he walks into a beautifully designed Which that's true let's go totally yeah. yeah and he has KPs and he has yeah uh, and you worry suggests. about your own section and stuff rather exactly, as opposed to for, yeah. for you you know you're like trying to organize staff you're trying to organize well, that's the dough the thing, you're trying yeah. to yeah. organize you do the kitchen yeah. itself the kitchen, but also yeah. a million yeah. other things around yeah. Yeah. so it ends up being like all consuming yeah, yeah, yeah. but then like, there's a really nice moment where because Marek has a polytunnel in the back where like yeah. you said that you grew all the basil for DPC yeah, at yeah. the start and now we went in that morning before before the madness all ensued we took like a few minutes we'd been down rolling doughs like until late the night before yeah. and then a couple more that morning and then we went up to the polytunnel and we fed the chickens and we picked some kale for the pizza yeah. and it was like that was this little moment of like oh, this is grand actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love right, that moment highs and lows like it. highs and, and lows but those and are, I guess those are the kind of things that I feel people who are maybe outside the industry might look on and go oh my god that guy has the nicest life Oh yeah. <laughs> homegrown kale going on to his yeah, hand rolled yeah. pizza or whatever yeah. um, maybe just not really visualising the work until two in the morning mm. rolling the yeah, dough trying yeah, to yeah. comply with these really complicated rules mm, to make mm. it an authentic mm. experience. product yeah. and experience and then basically just like working like a robot yeah, for yeah. like what time did you start serving it yesterday 
What time did we start? Half twelve. Half twelve. Yeah. yeah. And okay. like literally, we. I just. I was just looking down on those, and he yeah. were just. I just had my head in the oven. I was just like so. So Mark was so originally when I'd gone in and did a bit of training with Mark, I was going to be opening the doughs, mm. which is to say that you know they were in their balls, and then you press and you make the cornichone, and then you flatten all the air out. And What's then you cornichone? Well, that's actually an important thing because that's probably the one of the most important things that differs Napolitan pizza from other pizzas. The cornichone is a crust around your pizza. Delicious. And it's like really puffy. It and, is. you know, if the dough is proofed uh, for long enough, you have those like amazing leopards potting on it. Yes. And, you know, it kind of when you, you know, it's supposed to be like just a tiny amount of uh, crispiness in it, but mainly kind of slightly chewy, yeah. cloudy, yeah. soft, you know, yeah. and... Yeah, I'm like, ready for a pizza again. Hey? Yeah, <laughs> I had two last night, and I'm like, oh, yeah. but so, give me that thing. So originally, I was supposed to be doing the cornichone, yeah, and then you flatten it out and you're broadening it. You're you're kind of you're stretching the dough and you're kind of like kneading it over your hands, and mm. then you're pressing onto the pala or the peel, and mm. then you put, you build the pizza, so you make the sauce, and then Marek would then take that and put that in the oven, and so that's what I did on Thursday when I did the training. But I'm not fast enough at that. Yeah, that okay. requires like it takes a constant long, repetitive yeah. action and getting that thing. So it ended up being that Marek, we swapped roles. And so Marek was doing that. And then I learned how to work yeah. the yeah. oven then. Yeah. And I was a little bit worried because it takes a while as well to like get used to the oven. And like if something goes wrong, it's really easy to burn pizza at that sure, kind of temperature because it's only there for 60 seconds to maybe 75. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, oh, oh it's yeah. some trouble there. And it's such a tiny space that like, you know, there's a lot of room for like dropping pizza on mm-hmm. people's heads as well, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and that didn't happen, which is great. And yeah. so like fair play to you, Harry, because we just like really did amazingly, you know, and pizzas yeah. looked fantastic. And yeah. we were able to be fast this way as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like used to the menu as well at this point. So I was just like opening the really quickly, topping pizzas and Harry was just like. Bam, so it meant bam. that every time. So You're thank, right. thank you. Yeah. But I meant that every time I was pulling a pizza out of the oven, which would take like 60 to 120 mm-hmm. seconds, do you know what I mean? Depending on the temperature of that oven, yeah. sometimes it'd be a little bit longer than it should have been. Um, and so you pull that out. And then when I came back around, Marek would have the other pizza ready to be gone. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. I wasn't able to be at that speed, but Marek was just like, boom, 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 go. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So it was really good fun, but it ten does, hours of uh, that. ten hours of that <laughs> yeah. of like just doing that. And then my, my eyes afterwards were uh, really... Uh, Unprepared for just staring at a light. glowing light for all that time, and then when you take it away and you look somewhere else, you're like, Hunk. Your focus well, is all messed up. up. Totally, yeah, because your yeah. perspective is tiny, yeah. absolutely tiny. When you're yeah. doing that, just staring yeah. into nothing, then you're just like, Oh, the world's into, huge, just looking in the, the sun for hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and also, we had like zero fun that people were having outside because it was a festival, and like, yeah. you know, all these amazing things were happening in Stony Butter, you know, mm. and it looked so great. And we we're just like, Yeah, staring at a table. And, and people try to come up and try and do like, Oh my god, this pizza was so great, thank you so much. And you're just like, Get out of here. Good Don't for you. talk to me. I'm concentrating. <laughs> but do come back next week. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, people can still enjoy the wonderful Marek pizzas. So yeah, get down there. It's going to be from Thursday to Sunday. Thursday to Sunday from yeah. 5 to 10 o'clock. From 5 and to 10 o'clock. Village Pizza Dublin, y'all. Yeah, I will Brilliant. too. Marek, Przekvas, thank you so nice. much for coming. Thank God at that time. <laughs> you thank did, you yeah. so much for coming in and chatting to us. I know that you've had a mental weekend. Yes, yeah. yes I'm ready to rest. Now, thank you so much yeah. for having me, guys. Ah, yeah, this is great. Right? Thanks, man. Thank you for listening into this episode of With Relish. We would like to thank all our guests for taking time out to come on with us. As mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are a fortnightly podcast, so make sure to check out headstuff.org for our next show. You can download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the usuals. If you like what you've heard, please let us know by writing us a review or following our Twitter page at With Relish Pod. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.